Nowadays, there's stuff, and there's stuff you don't need to know. A podcast that talks about geek and nerd culture and brings you the things that you want to hear about. What's up, know-it-alls? You got stuff you don't need to know. I'm Jay, and let's get down to it. Happy holidays, everybody. It's December. Holidays are approaching. The end of the year is approaching as well. So I think now is a really good time to kind of do some wrap-up shows, kind of talk about some of the best stuff that happened in 2020. Now, a lot of people would say, well, 2020 was a pretty horrible year just all around in general. How could there be the best of anything? Trust me, a lot of stuff did go on. And today, I'm going to be taking a look at my top five comics for 2020. Now, all the comics on this list got their start in 2020, either, you know, as standalone books, new series, or new story arcs. And again, this is a very subjective list, you know. Uh, I read what I like. I like what I read, basically, um, especially with a new series. If a new series comes out or a new comic comes out, uh, I like to go on Comixology, uh, you know, comic geeks, comic junkies, and kind of read a little blurb about it and kind of get the gist of what the comic is going to be. If it seems interesting, I will buy that first issue. And unless it totally bombs in the first issue... I'll usually pick up at least the first three issues um, just to kind of give it a chance and see, you know, what I think of it. So a majority of the comics on this list, I started this year. They are new series and they obviously made it past the three issue test. So without further ado, let's get started. Coming in at number five from Image Comics is Adventure Man. Written by Matt Fraction, uh, with pencils and colors by Terry Dodson. Now, I'm going to be honest. I was going to put this issue, or I'm sorry, I was going to put this series a little higher up um, in my rankings. The reason that it comes in at number five, it's really not because of content. It's actually because the last issue that we have is from all the way back in October. A uh, new issue was, you know, obviously supposed to come out in November. Um, issue four came out in October. This is a six issue series. So they kind of left us on a pretty big cliffhanger. And if you hear sirens behind me, it's that time of year when the police department and fire department take Santa Claus through town and sure, why not right now? Okay. So that is over with. Thank goodness. So like I said, um, the last issue, issue four, came out in October. Um, we did not get a new issue in November. I'm not quite sure if we're going to be getting a new issue in December. And they left us on a bit of a cliffhanger. So I'm a little ticked off about that. So I kind of dropped this one down to number five. But don't let that kind of cloud your judgment on this. Um, I, this, is a, this is a title I would definitely go out and pick up, especially if you're kind of a lover of the golden age of comics. And, you know, I guess that's the best way to really kind of describe this comic, uh, really without giving spoilers. And I'm not really going to give any spoilers on any of these comics that I'm going to talk about, because if you are interested in them, I want you to go out and pick them up and read them. So, like I said, Adventure Man is pretty much it harkens back to, to the days of, you know, the golden age of comics, pulp novels and things like that. Adventure Man is the main character in it. Kind of, sort of, and I'll explain that in a second. Adventure Man is pretty much like, and this is really going to be kind of like a deep dive or a deep cut. He's kind of like Doc Savage, and Doc Savage was a character um, in pulp novels, I believe, 
probably in the 40s and 50s, all the way up through the 70s, different writers, you know, kind of ghost wrote for Doc Savage. And Doc Savage was basically like the world's most perfect man. He was like a giant bodybuilder guy. He was super strong. He was super smart, super fast. Uh, basically, he was great at everything. And that's pretty much what we get here with uh, the character of Adventure Man. So quickly here, again, without really giving too much spoilers, the comic starts off with a tale of Adventure Man and Adventure Incorporated, which is basically kind of like, you know, Adventure Man, again, is this really super guy who's great at everything. And his pals, which are sort of like a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Not in the sense that they're famous literary characters, it's just this collection of, um, there's a swami, there's kind of like this stage magician, there's a scientist, there's a pilot, there's, you know, all these different types that kind of come together to form uh, Adventure Inc. And it's their greatest mission ever, you know, they're stopping their arch nemesis from pretty much wiping out existence. And the book ends on a cliffhanger, or I should say the story ends on a cliffhanger, sorry. And we find out that it's uh, a pulp novel that a mother is reading to her son. And you're sort of like, okay, what's going on here? So really, you know, was Adventure Man real? Because the last mission they were on had to do with magic and erasing existence. And this mom who's reading it kind of gets an inkling that there may be more to it than that. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Like I said, it's definitely a great, it's really well written. Um, like I said, it really has kind of like that pulp novel, golden age comic feel. And uh, Terry Dotson's art is absolutely amazing. It's very art deco. It really, really fits. You know, even though it's the modern era, there are a lot of callbacks to that golden age of the 20s and 30s. And it really comes through in the art. And it's definitely one that you should pick up. Again, that is adventure. Adventure Man from Image Comics. All right, moving right along to number four, coming in from Boom Studios. We only find them when they're dead. Written by Al Ewing and illustrated by Simone DeMeo. This was not a comic that I had really heard about. My daughter Kazia actually found it. Like uh, She picked it up at her local comic store, and she was like, you have to read this. You are absolutely going to love it. I picked up the first issue, and I absolutely fell in love with it. It definitely passed my first issue test. Um... The third issue just recently came out, and I am itching for more. Again, very quick synopsis on this. It's the future. It is the far future. Humanity's kind of like, you know, almost on the brink of extinction here. And the only way that they survive is they find these giant gods floating in space. Um, they are just titanic people. And pretty much what civilization does is they go out and they harvest the bodies. They harvest them for meat. They harvest them for, you know, the fluids and the chemicals contained within them that could be used to make medicines and whatnot. And the thing is, is the captain of one of these harvester ships has an idea that, you know, they, they, they weren't always dead. You know, these giant gods that we find, they had to come from somewhere. And that's really the gist of the story is, is who are these giant titanic godlike people that yes they've saved humanity but they saved humanity with their dead bodies there has to be more to it than that but of course you know it being the future and this kind of big industry of harvesting these gods there of course is sort of like a, a mega corporation that oversees everything with a lot of these strict rules and there's a bit of a backstory between one of the enforcers for this company and the captain of the ship and i'm going to leave it at that i mean it's a great tale uh, again, excellent, excellent writing. The artwork is absolutely amazing. It's very, it uses a very muted palette, um, you know, and a lot of 
darkness because it takes place in space. So it's just, you know, you get some of these big fold out pages, especially when you see some of these gods floating in the dark depths of space. And there's very little lighting out there, but still the artwork gives you really this grand sense of just how huge they are and just just how powerful you know it is to find like one of these beings floating out in the middle of space it's again it's a well-written story the artwork's absolutely amazing and again you can't go wrong with this one either so this will bring us right to number three and again it is an entry from boom studios now when i saw this title on the newsstand I had to get it because it's basically it's a comic adaptation from a TV series that I knew and loved grown well I shouldn't say growing up it was really back in the 90s uh, I was in college at the time so the comic uh, coming in at number three from Boom Studios is Willow Willow of course being from Buffy the Vampire Slayer now this year you know Boom Studios it seems uh, pretty much, I guess they have the license for Buffy the Vampire Slayer and all things related to it because they did start a new Buffy the Vampire Slayer series this year, uh, pretty much right around the time that Willow came out. I picked up both issues and immediately put down Buffy the Vampire Slayer because it was very, very poorly written. And I've been sticking it out with Willow. Uh, I should say before we continue that Willow was written is written by Mariko Tamaki and it's illustrated by Natasha Bustos. Uh, I just want to talk about the art really quick here. Natasha Bustos is a phenomenal artist. I mean, I believe, you know, and I've seen different comic adaptations of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, you know, Angel, Willow, you know, a lot of different spinoffs and things. And I think that Natasha Bustos really, really captures who Willow is, you know, in the art, in not just really kind of drawing her face and, and her presence. It's just it's it's the way she moves in the comic and her reactions to things. It's really as if, you know, I'm watching Allison Hannigan again back in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And basically the gist of this one is you don't have to read any of the other really Boom Studios, Buffy the Vampire Slayer comics to really kind of get the gist of what happened. Um, you know, if you watch the TV series, you know that it pretty much ended with Buffy and the Scooby Gang pretty much closing that big hellmouth that was in Sunnydale and going on from there. After that, Dark Horse Comics had the right to Buffy the Vampire Slayer and all the characters and whatnot, except for Spike. Interesting enough, they did not have the rights to Spike. It took them about a year or so to get the rights to the character Spike. I don't know why. But they basically continued. They had sort of like an eighth season um, that, again, now that there's all these Slayers all over the place and Buffy trying to manage all, you know, thousands and thousands of slayers you know a lot of them subscribe to her ideals there are a lot that went rogue and basically you know that was sort of the tale there somehow over the years it ended up with boom studios and boom studios kind of took over and kind of did their own post-show continuity so you do get a little bit of flashbacks in willow and you know if you you know if you watch the show you'll get what's going on. And basically what this is, is, you know, after kind of the events of closing the Hellmouth and events that happened afterwards, because they do hint at events happening after that, Willow decides that it's time for her to go off on her own, not because of really any kind of disagreement or anything like that. It's, I guess, the events of what happened with Buffy and, and, and her friends, you know, there's, there's, there's some tragedy there. And Willow is dealing with it really kind of the way she knows how, and that's going off on her own. And basically she comes upon a, a town 
pretty much populated by witches. And at first, Willow is like, wow, this is great. You know, it's people like me, people who get me and, and I can relate really well to them. But of course, look, this is Buffy the Vampire Slayer, right? There's got to be something dark and seedy there. And there is something dark and seedy there. And Willow is right in the thick of it. And again, coming in at number three, like I said, Willow from Boom Studios. Definitely check it out, especially if you're a Buffy the Vampire Sl Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan, excuse me. Alrighty, we are up to number two, and this entry comes in from Image Comics. So, so far on my top five list, I have two from Image, and I have two from Boom Studios. So this one is written by James Tinney IV, the artist is Martin Simmons, and of course, this book is Department of Truth. This comic is absolutely amazing. This is probably, you know one of the best written comics on my list number one beats it out but this one just phenomenally written james tini the fourth is an amazing amazing writer he did a massive run a couple of years back on batman um you know he's he's actually right now he's a writing fiend uh besides department of truth i know he's also doing a series wind he, he's doing a few different series for, for a few different studios. I think he might be back at DC doing some work with them, but I'm not 100% sure of that. What is the story behind the Department of Truth? So let me ask you this. What would happen if the belief in a, in a conspiracy theory was so strong, it brought that conspiracy theory to life? What will we do? Well, obviously, we need a secret government organization known as the Department of Truth run by Lee Harvey Oswald. I mean, when I picked up this first issue, I mean, I picked it up because it was James Tinney the fourth and the Department of Truth. And it was kind of pitched as like, uh, this is a really freaky, trippy X-Files thing. I was never a huge X-Files fan. I liked the X-Files, but I love James Tinney the fourth. So I figure, okay, James Tinney the fourth's take on the X-Files. Yeah, I was not disappointed. I probably would have ranked this one higher. I might have made this number one, but the third issue just came out. It's a new series, and even though, I mean, it captured my interest right from the get-go, and and I just absolutely love it to death, I haven't plunged all the way into it yet, so, you know, it does come in at number two. Now, as good as the writing is, Martin Simmons' art, I can't even describe it. It's, it's pure chaos, I guess, and it just fits with the series because this story, this series, is pure chaos little something about James Tinney the fourth um my daughter Cassie you know you've heard her she's been on the show many many times is a big fan of his she got to meet him at a con uh, it's actually flame con this was maybe two years ago and one of the things she said to him when she met him and had him sign a few of her Batman was that she said to him you know you really know how to direct a page and I was kind of like what do you mean by that? And she said, if you ever read any of his comics, he will always have at least two or three splash pages per issue where the action just spills from left to right. And the way he writes it and the way he, you know, directs the artist to set up the page, it's just seamless. And this happens. This happens in all these issues. You get two or three just, you know, giant splash pages, not always a like big action scene or anything like that dialogue you know um this is you know this is a story about a government agency so there's you know kind of like walk and talks you know where uh things are discussed and instead of it just going from one page to another it just splashes right across and you know what yeah the way it's written and the way you know the dialogue flows across the page you you get it you're right there 
like I said, the concept, the idea that if enough people believe in a conspiracy theory, it will come true. And if that happens, I mean, just the foundations of everything could very well be destroyed. So, you know, a secret government agency taking care of these things, basically keeping our reality safe. I mean, it, it, it's just, it's, I can't wait to see where the series goes. Cause like I said, you know, issue three just came out absolutely phenomenal love it to death all right before we get to our number one i figured we should do a few honorable mentions i mean these are titles that i've been reading uh this year that they're pretty good they almost made the cut but not quite so one of them is from and i actually have ah, it's from vault studios okay some vault comics it's um a ninja vampire tale called bleed them dry and ninja vampires the future uh conspiracy alien race need i say more definitely check it out bleed them dry from vault comics from dc black label and i actually have my comics in front of me so if you hear paper rustling that's me just pulling them up here uh dc black label rorschach now this picks up pretty much after you know and you get this from the first issue it pretty much pretty much picks up after the events of the watchman tv series it's written by tom king and if you know anything about tom king you know he's an amazing writer and he really brings this tale to life i didn't say he brings rorschach to life he brings this tale to life um my last sort of honorable mention comes from marvel comics and it's shang chi um the shang chi movie should be coming out sometime i mean who knows i mean the way covid and everything is going i mean we we really don't know but this is you know coming off the agents of atlas shang chi is on his own and it's kind of an adventure and a tale of his own and it's very it has a very black belt theater kind of feel to it with the sort of the plot and really who shang chi is and where he came from his past and how his past is catching up with him it's definitely a good read uh they're only about three issues in so you could definitely you know find the back issues and keep going with it all right, so we're going to get to number one. And here's the thing is if you listen to this podcast, I think you're going to know what my number one comic of 2020 is. Yes, it's Yasmin, written by Saif Ahmed and illustrated by, by Fabiana Moscolo, who I had both of them on my show separately. Um, you know, Saif, you know, I did an interview with him. Definitely go and check that out. Uh, he talks about this, you know, where he came up with this story and just it's it's a beautiful interview uh he's an incredible writer he's an incredible man i also interviewed fabiana um who is an absolute amazing artist and i was very very honored that she did a commission for me uh if you look at my instagram page the stuff you don't need to know instagram page i put up a picture of it uh it's an amazing piece of art uh, of john constantine and yeah i mean if you listen to this podcast at all i've been gushing about this comic pretty much since i picked up issue one it's the tale basically of uh, an Iraqi girl who was left behind when ISIS pretty much swooped in. Uh, once the U.S. military pulled out of Iraq, I, ISIS swooped in to kind of fill that vacuum and um, she was kind of stuck back there. Um, she is, and I don't have it in front of me, and I really, you know, if I kind of get this backwards, you know, please forgive me. Uh, you know, she is a Sunni Muslim, the ISIS that comes in are Shiite Muslims. And again, that could be reversed. Uh, I don't have the issue in front of me, but it's, it's basically, you know, she's basically the quote unquote wrong kind of Muslim. 
and she's this teenage girl and it's the story of what happened to her how she escaped how she got to reunite with her family who was able to escape and flee to the united states and reuniting with them and how the events of the two years of her slavery basically kind of shaped the person she is now and her interactions with her family no superpowers here no mystery no you know this is this is a human story and I, again, when I interviewed Safe and when I interviewed Fabiana, the three of us kind of agreed this is a story really that everybody needs to read. And I strongly, strongly urge you from Scout Comics, Yasmin, go out and get it. It is a six issue comic. Issue four just came out. There's only two left. You can definitely find it. Go to the website, go to Scout's website and look for it. You will not be disappointed. Guys, thanks for listening. Do me a favor. Head on over to Instagram. Stuff you don't need to know is there. I post pictures about the content that I talk about. Know it all. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you guys later. You remember when you were young and you wanted to set the